0: My name's Jim Derrick, and welcome to another edition of Chapters. On today's program, we'll meet a man who approached retirement by taking the road less traveled. Wayne Burt dedicated 27 months of his life serving in one of our nation's most revered institutions, the Peace Corps. We'll hear from Wayne about his service and how it served to transform his life for years to come. All that and much more coming up next on Chapters. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Chapters. Today, we're going to have a conversation about the Peace Corps. Very, very few people, uh, I'm guessing, in our audience know anybody that has volunteered for the Peace Corps, and there's a reason for that. We're going to talk a lot more about that as we have a conversation with our guest, Wayne Burt. Wayne Burt, welcome. Thank you. Wayne served in the Peace Corps for 27 months, and we're going to talk to Wayne about his story. Importantly, I'd like people to know something about the Peace Corps. Uh, Peace Corps was signed in by uh, JFK back on September 22nd of 1961. It was founded by Sergeant Shriver, who was Eunice Shriver's husband. Uh, Eunice was uh, JFK's sister. And at, at that time, it was kind of a thought of as kind of a crazy thing to do. Uh, it was certainly uncharted waters, and Sergeant Schreiber could have done anything with his life, but he chose to found the Peace Corps. And the Peace Corps' mission, as it has developed over time, is to promote world peace and friendship by fulfilling really three goals. And the three goals are to help the people of interested countries in meeting their need for trained men and women, to help promote a better understanding of Americans in these other countries, and also to help promote a better understanding of other peoples by Americans that volunteer. Uh, and there is so much more to the Peace Corps, and that's why we have our guest Wayne Burt in studio today. Um, Wayne spent 27 months as a volunteer with the Peace Corps, and his story is fascinating. Wayne, I, I just keep, can't tell you how much I appreciate having you here today. Well, it's going to be an interesting story. I it think sure is. It sure is. So, Wayne, uh Talk to me a little bit, if you will, about the process of that led up to you deciding to uh, volunteer for the Peace Corps and make a long-term commitment like that.
1: I think it started when uh, I decided to retire earlier. I started I was going to retire at fifty-five. I looked into some information about Peace Corps after an int- after some interest uh, with my daughter with the the America. America, yeah. Very similar to that. Looked into that information and saw that it could be interesting. Um, went to the process of applying for the Peace Corps. It took mm-hmm. about a year and a half or so, if I recall, to get accepted and to find out what, where I was going and to do all the types of things that they had to do. They had to go do medical and They and obviously do a
0: background check right. on you and all that. Right, kind of and thing. you were sharing with me before the show, I had assumed that just volunteering was enough, but a, a small percentage of people that volunteer actually get accepted. Yeah, it was, if I recall, right when I was... But, you know, there's like 10 to 15 percent of the
1: people 10 to only get, will get accepted. OK, yeah. Now, don't know what the ratio is today. I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's not the same.
0: Wow. Because... Right. And you and, and so you, you do all of that medical and physical and every all the other requirements. And, and you said it was about a year that it took you to be. Well, yeah. A year processed? And a half. Yep. Yeah. So uh, do you have an idea of why you were accepted over other people?
1: I asked, kind of asked that question when I went to the recruiter. There was a recruiter in, I guess I had to go into Boston, I yeah. think it was. And yeah. the, the recruiter said, you know, one of the things that we just liked your resume, you had a lot of experience as a youth leader. You have a lot of it, and you're, a lot of experience as an EMT. And EMT is what uh, helped me into one of the sectors that they have. They have a health sector yep. that they can assign people to. Yep. And he said, that's what intrigued me. When um, I got your resume,
0: yeah, and the reason I asked that question is, um, I've known Wayne. And full full disclosure, I've known Wayne for many years. But this is the this is what I love about this program. It's a storytelling t- program, and I've never really heard the details of Wayne's trip. I was aware that he was he was away. Um, Wayne's a tremendous guy. He's he's a service oriented person. But this is such an enormous commitment to me. I just I was just wondering uh, if there was a particular. Uh, qualification that you had so um, so you get accepted to the Peace Corps um, and uh, then you then you are assigned a country
1: ten years ago you get to select an area of the world that you of the six or so seven regions that they have you were able to select on the regions and you weren't able to select a country nowadays like two years ago they
0: changed it so that you can apply for any country that you want Wow well can you can we roll it back a little bit you had retired early but this is such an intensive service related project. You're not going there to uh, relax. <laughs> You're going there for service. Um, I'm just curious, what what drew you to the idea of making such a commitment in the name of service at a time when I can imagine people that retire early are looking forward to going fishing or sailing or something like that? I think uh, the couple of things that came across for me. One was that I really had no reason
1: to say no because I was and, and the, the, the concern about uh, What am I going to do after I retire? Yeah. Uh, And I didn't have any desires to do the relaxing life in it, because I have been a service, as you said earlier, I have been a service-oriented guy, and I I was, and I still am. Yeah. And and so that was one way to do it. Uh, One of the reasons I decided to go in was I had never served my country, and then the my brothers, I have two brothers that are in the Air Force, uh, uh, I ate at a time when we were in the lottery. We had the lottery for the... For sure. The, uh, I beat the lottery. You beat it, so yeah, yeah. I went to college, and, and then my career started from there. I really had no time or no... I did have a desire at one point. I was going to be in the Air Force with my brothers. Really? Um, but everything worked out the other way. Yeah. I, I, I um, beat the lottery, for instance, at the time. I went to Northeastern. Um, went to the criminal justice program there. Spent a 32-year, 33-year career in corrections. Uh, and so,
0: this was my time
1: to yeah. Yeah, to serve
0: to, my country. To serve, uh, what a you know I mean, when Wayne walked into the studio, we were talking before the show, and he said, "Gee, I'm not sure how much how much of my story is interesting." And this is what I love about this: um, you just don't meet people every day that 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 draw that line between. Uh, Gee, I I I was able to to I managed to to win the lottery and by not having to serve at one point in my life, and now I'm compelled to serve and to give up this time and to go help people. Um, and, and to me, that's just a, a very compelling and says a lot about your character and, and who you are. So you get accepted to the Peace Corps, and uh, you're assigned a country. I was assigned Armenia, and
1: I had no, I had no idea where <laughs> Armenia was. I had to look it up, found out it was... Is uh, a neighboring country to where my son was serving in Afghanistan.
0: Really, you so, s- I did not know that.
1: Uh, that was awesome because we were on the same time zone. We could communicate via via uh, email yep. at the same time. And it was that was an awesome pa- pa- period of time uh, when we were both. That I would love to have been able to meet him, but you know that wouldn't happen. He was in mm-hmm. Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah. So, How long did he serve?
0: He did four. Five years with the Rangers. So you're literally—that's got to be a, a very weird experience to be to be literally sitting sitting in a neighboring country uh, uh, by happenstance. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think the neighboring country—he did
1: tours in Af- Afghanistan and, and Iraq, and I think it's Iraq that's uh, Close Where he was, place, yeah. where he was at the same time.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, and so you—you—I'm just trying to think of the thought process that goes through your mind. Um, you don't know, you don't know the language at uh, all. Nope you know nothing about the country other than what you can quick read on, right? Does the Peace Corps give you any type of training or uh, introduction or debriefing on what it is, what it's like over there and what you might be up against? Yeah. What challenges it, I, you might if, face?
1: If I recall, it was like a three-day, maybe a three-day orientation to the Peace Corps itself with all the people that were going to be in your group. My group was called uh, 16, or the 16th group to go to Armenia. Really? Right. Okay. And so right now they're up to... Whatever it is, it's a two-year program, so it's probably up to number twenty-two right now, something yep. like that. But um, so I met all the other volunteers. You know, they most of them were young. There were fifty. There were fifty in our group that that started. Mm-hmm. It ended up with maybe thirty-five, where people left for whatever reason they yeah they left yeah.
0: Um, so there was a there was a short training period, but it's but it's relatively uh, short. You're still when yeah. you're on that plane, you're not feeling oh boy, I know Armenia inside That's, out. I, no, I absolutely, yeah, there was actually nothing to do with the country that you're going to. In the, when, when okay, we did, the three right three day program. I right. think it was three days. Right. Uh, you learned everything once you were over there. Yeah, so you're going for 27 months, and um, the the details we'll get into a little bit later on, on how you support yourself and all that. But you're going over there. I'm just trying to imagine packing for that type of thing. I have no idea where I'm going. I really don't know the culture. I, I look up the weather. I mean, are these all the type of things you were doing?
1: Right, and they and they, that kind of thing they did help you with. And yeah, there's restrictions on how you know how much luggage you can bring over there, and, yeah. and um, the types of things that you should bring. I didn't bring a computer over there, for instance. Really, I did not. Was yeah. probably one of the only ones that didn't. Yeah, ended up getting one through the people at the church who bought one for
0: me. And, awesome, and. Uh, I was able to use that, still have it today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you have a vague idea of what you're getting into. We'll talk a little bit about how they, what your formation is as a volunteer. I just want to remind everybody, you're listening to Chapters Radio. My name's Jim Derrick. My guest in studio today is Wayne Burt, and Wayne spent 27 months of his life as a volunteer for the Peace Corps. Uh, The name of this program is Chapters Radio. You can find me on chaptersradio.com on my podcast. Um, So, Wayne, you are now... On your way over to Armenia, um, I imagine you're filled with nerves. I can imagine, you know, you're kind of thinking, what's it going to be like when I touch down? Now, the Peace Corps arranges for a host family for you. Is that how it works?
1: Right. When you go there, uh, there's a three-month training. That's where the 27 comes in because you're volunteering for two years. If you didn't make that training for the three months, you're you're out. Okay. Okay. Um, So... You are with a host family for those three months. Yep. I was in a, in a town called Alipars and we with a host family of like seven or eight because mm-hmm. it's very common over there mm-hmm. for a family to be a
0: grandchildren,
1: parents, and grandparents. So it's, a, it's three generations. Yep. Yep. It's very yep. common.
0: Yeah. Um, a lot of cultures. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 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 Out of both necessity and out of a tradition. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're going over there to really work with people that, that are in need. Which yep. is Which is the mission here. I want people to understand Wayne is not Armenian. Uh, you don't speak the language. Uh, you walk in there, you get three months of immersion training in, in Armenian. Correct. That's it. That's exactly what it was. But yeah. it, that was uh, 24, well, not 24-7, but that was every day. Every day. Uh, every day. And that's required. Right. And that's a 24-month service commitment. Correct. Right. Okay. So, uh, so Wayne, what was the, you, you said that you had a couple of areas. You're an EMT. So you were qualified on the medical side, and uh, what what did you choose to do when you were in Armenia? From or what did they choose for you? Yeah, as a service. What uh, did they choose yeah. for me? They yeah. we didn't know where we were going to be assigned until after you
1: after you do those three months mm-hmm. of of training. They assigned me to a, a disabled children's center in a town called Vardanis. Wow, and and when I went there, you know, I met uh, the director there. They met all the kids that. Belong there. Um, I remember situations where I had to carry kids up the stairs because there's no elevators in this particular building So and they the don't have are... an A.D.A. Code or anything over no, there. No, no, yeah. no A.D.A. Yeah. Code. Yeah.
0: Boy, that had to have a, a Huge impact on you. Just just walking in and seeing these kids with you said mostly physical disabilities, right? Um, and um, you didn't have experience as a as a uh, special needs teacher. Or no, anything. not at all. Yeah. Not at all. It wasn't.
1: And and uh, because of their mental status for the most part, for everybody was, they were mentally stable. They could understand, if they could understand my Armenian, they could understand what I was teaching. So the physical thing didn't really play into too much. Too much. We had—we organized the camp. One of the things I did while I was there was organize a camp for them in the summer. And so those some of the physical activities we did outside uh, were challenging to some of them you know i'm, I'm picturing some of the things that we did the the school was you know, you know you see schools now they're nice manicured lawns and things like that that doesn't happen their lawn ends up being a hayfield yep i know you know um, now, did you organize a summer camp yourself that was one of the grants that i had uh put in for a while i was there that they were interested in having a a uh a camp session so i put in the grant get some money so that they could the money was used for food and all that kind of thing transportation they had a bus that would pick them up and bring them to the camp
0: yeah Mm -hmm. i I, i've got some great pictures that wayne shared with me and with his permission i'll post some of them on our podcast um they're just tremendous pictures um, of these children it's a great it puts a great imagery to this to this story um, Wayne, as you were teaching these kids English, what what type of impact did it have on you in the classroom? I mean, the classroom setting. I mean, did you did you feel overwhelmed? Did you feel challenged? Did, did, you know. Luckily, I found some, You know, most of the stuff
1: I did were, was teaching English through games on the computer. So mm-hmm. uh, that was the easy way to do it, and that's what they. I found that that's what they wanted. They didn't want to teach your student type relationship with the classroom. They didn't. Uh, Although in the, in some of the I did some college teaching too, and that was more blackboardy type stuff. Yeah, yeah. But the kids that I worked with most of the time were were more interested in doing games, and they, did, they learned English. They did a lot of learning English through these computer games.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. great. Um, and you had some some one really inform- informative experience that happened to you while you were over there. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about one of the things that you taught them uniquely American? Yeah, certainly. Um,
1: one of the things that I wanted to, to teach was uh, the game of baseball. Now it was gonna be hard to to teach that without 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 um, know, baseball bats and all that kind of thing. So I asked people at right home to to send me some wiffle balls and wiffle ball bats. That was gonna be the easier way to do it than sure. to actually other types of things. They wouldn't need gloves and all that kind of thing. Um and so I got those supplies from volunteer from primarily I think one person at Trinity, an Armenian friend of ours. Sure. Uh, who who sent me a, a, a supply of things. And I was in the wintertime, and I got that supply, I believe. And in the summertime, I went to the YMCA there, where I had also some, done some volunteer um, groups, English groups. They all wanted English clubs. And so they, I did some work with the YMCA. And, and one of the things we did is, is teach them, um, teach them uh, base, baseball or, uh, or football. Yeah. We had to put out paper for the plates yeah. for you know, for each of the bases, yeah. and uh and i we spent two or three days going through that, and um then on my off day, I happened to go by the y m c a and looked in the field and saw them playing,
0: yeah, and there it, it goes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so was, and, and that's uh, that's tremendously emotional to you, wow, well, because of all you know that was I'm not
1: sure if that was my last year there or. It might have been my last year that I finally just got uh, the stuff and I got the courage to be able to to, to try to
0: explain a game that they have no clue what it was all about. Uh, so the image in your mind is that um, here are these kids that you love. They're a good group of kids. Yeah, you love them. And, and uh, you have hopes and dreams of maybe leaving something behind that, that can change them. And here they are doing exactly what you had just shown them for a very short period of time relatively speaking. Yeah, they had yeah. no idea what baseball was. No, no. And you drive by and there they are playing. Exactly. That was
1: drive we couldn't drive there but we walked by. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah. walked by. There didn't allow you yeah.
0: weren't allowed to drive so without you standing there mentoring yeah, them or exactly. anything.
1: Exactly. Yeah. That's intense. It was intense for me.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's intense for me listening to it. Tell me about some other experiences that you had over there with, around the kids any Any particular kids stick out to you um with your host family
1: um with my first host family, the ones was um that I was there over three months for that sona was a young girl who who knew English a little bit um and got to know a lot more she's actually today she's excellent at english um and, but she was a little bit trippid with trying to speak with me uh-huh. in English, yep. and I was glad of that because I needed to speak Armenian. So, right, with it, she ended up being my kind of little favorite in that uh, in that family. Yeah, um, just other conversation. She would um, they they made sure I got to school with, uh, well, on time and all that, and she was pretty much. Uh, the one that was by my side a lot, so mm-hmm. I, I grew a good mm-hmm. kind of little so her
0: a little bit. You got close to these people,
1: oh for sure, yeah,
0: yeah. And and uh, so just some of the some of the uh, nuts and bolts of the Peace Corps. You're over there for 24 months. You don't receive a salary. 27 months. You don't receive a salary.
1: There's no salary. There is a stipend for yeah. the. Uh, the sti- in fact, you know, I call it as I was telling you earlier the. the uh, they call it volunteer, but I ended up paying taxes at the end of the year. I got sure. a W two because we get a housing allowance. We, there was a stipend there was, yeah. when you end the service there. I think there was a, I don't know, two thousand or something. Dollar. I right.
0: forget. how Safe much to it was. say, you're not over there for the money. No, absolutely not over there <laughs> yeah. for the money. You know, and there's nothing that you can your do. You support. <laughs> least, you're taking money yeah. out of your retirement to do this, and. um, uh, and they, they've they only taken 10 to 15 percent of all applicants. And I think Wayne was being humble earlier in terms of um, what his qualifications were, knowing Wayne and his commitment to service. And so you get over there. Uh, here you are teaching English to disabled children. You're with a host family. You're uh, I know you were communicating back here with us often. Um, we would give updates, I think, usually uh, pretty much reliably every other week in church there would be a, mm. a blurb on what Wayne Burt was up to. Wow. Um, so yeah, it was, it's pretty powerful sitting across from you here and now thinking back to that. And it was, it was 10 years ago, and I can still remember it like it was yesterday. Um, there was a whole community uh, praying for Wayne uh, on this side. Um, and um, I can remember thinking, as a parishioner at the time, and of course, that was 10 years ago, and I'm about 10 years younger than Wayne. I can remember thinking, wondering in my mind what it would take for me to, to make a commitment like that. Um, I find myself having no problem volunteering for short term short-term things you know yeah. i'll go rig some a lawn or something like that maybe do some uh house cleaning for somebody maybe in a crazy day i'll be on a board of directors but to to join the peace corps and go over to a to a, to another country that's basically assigned to you um really blows my mind is very very humbling i just have to tell you that
1: uh, well it was it was a humbling experience you know
0: the a group like i said
1: started with like 50. Of those 50, I think there were 10 of us or so that were over 55. Yeah. Or fi- over 50, rather. That's the group they call it. And one married couple, and the married couple was, I think, maybe in the 40s or so. So I can understand a married couple going over there, and they're both together. and And they can, you know, there's... D- They decided that they don't have any obligations here. In fact, this particular couple went on to serve two more years in another country. So I think they were a peace co-op. And I mean, they are saving a heck of a lot of money by just living off. There you go. (laughs) It's
0: (laughs) a great retirement (laughs) plan. plan. It really is. um,
1: And so the 50, I would say the people who were, so the other 55s, myself included, you know, had no... Attachments that they had to be concerned about. So that's a, that's a big factor. It is uh, not yeah. not having the any responsibility that couldn't be um, delayed for a couple of years. I was, you know as far as the church is concerned. Yeah, I was pretty active in there and had Very. a big role in, in the finances as treasurer and
0: all that kind of thing. Uh, very i mean wayne you're, it was the first face i think one of the first faces i saw at trinity when my son was baptized there 29 years ago um and so i know how much you do and have done with the church and i know how important the community here is locally to you you're a little lion in in the rentham lions club right. um so you're very very active and so that's that's kind of what i'm talking about you are uh, giving up more than you uh give yourself credit for for 20 27 months actually um but i want to ask you about the the how you felt about the service that you did when you were over there i know that you're teaching english uh to disabled children and and that's you know do you feel like you had can can you point to impacts you mentioned the baseball story but were there other moments that were transformative to you where to say wow this is really making a difference here either by something that i'm doing or by something the peace corps is doing
1: well i let me think of one other that this um i got the grant for the for the camp and they, again, did the camp, um, few, well, that's one of the reasons why they, they have, or one of the stipulations on grants is that it should be sustainable. So they should, this particular place did wow. a camp the following year without my, I was there, but I didn't, I didn't financially have to put anything in. I don't believe I got a second grant. I think uh, they were able to pull it off on their own, which yeah. is what is, it's meant to happen. Yeah, yeah go of course. There and they can do things on their own. Um. For the YMCA, this wasn't through a grant. I believe. I don't believe. I think I got some volunteers, some donations to have a playground built. And so we helped. We did. Um, we had probably three or four different types of playground equipment. Again, in a field that was all grassy. You know, they don't have. They don't. I don't think I ever saw a lawnmower there. And so we put three or four pieces of equipment. Now, I don't know what that looks like today. I went back, like I said earlier, two years ago uh, to go back and visit all my friends. Um, And I don't think I ever went back to the Y to see if that playground is still in existence. Mm -hmm. They've had volunteers assigned to Vartanese, that town that I was in Mm -hmm. since then. Two or three have been there and have followed them and followed what they've been doing. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I was as much. It might be the sad part of the story. I'm not so sure how much of an impact uh, we are, I, I won't say I, I, don't, even we, even the stories I hear from other Peace Corps volunteers that I was, I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we, we do what we're supposed to do. but Yeah. It, uh, you the know, impacts are really, are the are the friends that you make. I, just that's just yeah, that's the key thing. I, I met a, a doctor, a friend, because I was in this, no, she's teaching health. I ended up getting really friendly with a doctor who, a couple of times, had a treat, treated me. Really, I, I fell down a group of a flight of stairs one time, smashed my face all up, and um, and then one the time he yelped me, he treated me with a, a, I cut my finger really bad on one of their, the what they call a маршрутный. It's, it's, it's a it's a it's a bus uh, or a small van that, really? that takes okay. people around, and yep. I was getting out or helping helping somebody else who who had dropped their packages and helped them up and cut my finger really bad. Um, and he treated me for that. So this this friend, Dr. Friend, who also wanted to learn a little bit of English, well,
0: he was pretty good. Um, I was always over to his house. Uh, um, and so I think, you know, that's the impact. If you go to the Peace Corps' mission, the, the core mission, um, I believe it's not to change the whole country, but it's really that one-on-one experience, right? Yeah. Where where if you can talk to 10, you know, one person and they talk to 10 people about this wonderful experience they've had with this American who's taught their, them wiffle ball, this sport, this baseball, who's, um, who's planted the seeds for this incredible uh, summer camp that didn't exist before he came, who um, has had the nerve to put a playground in a spot that, after getting donations, in a spot that really you couldn't imagine a playground being before you got there, to me those are big stamps because uh, it's that old one person's changed, ten people change. It's the power of multiplication. Does that make sense? Yeah, I understand what you're saying for sure. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. and it, there's a it, you're right. It's those small things that do make an impact for
0: for those who are living there. Yeah, sometimes. yeah, yeah. And, and we take so much for granted. I want to I want to ask you about that. Um, did 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 you come back with a sense? that we take a lot for granted here more so than when you left well i live now I'll tell you the truth i live more like an armenian now
1: than i did before I, I i have very little possessions
0: right now and i'm happy with the fact that i have very little possessions wow um so i called your cell phone and uh today i believe it's your cell phone and you said i don't carry this yeah on your message so please leave a message and i'll get back to you yeah is that an influence of the Armenian way, kind of a simplification? Everything, yeah. I mean, I I call my phone, my phone a
1: Ben Franklin phone. It's just yeah. a yeah old flip phone. Yeah. and uh, I don't have this new stuff, and I'm happy not to have it. And and you and f- so it was transformative to you. Well, there's no question about it. Living a, a life completely. I mean, I always, I wasn't, I wasn't a rich person. I'm not a rich person, but I'm certainly rich compared to what the people I was serving for a couple of years. And to to live that level of of life, and, and I lived in an apartment that had no hot water, for instance, and no shower. So I had to I bring or I had either I brought it with me or I had it sent over a, a camp bag, you oh know, a gosh. camp shower, a camp wow. shower, you know. And and there, that's meant to be a solar type of thing. Yeah. And a, you know, a couple of times I had it outside, but it's so cold in Armenia at times that didn't work. So I had to boil. I boiled water, threw it into the
0: thing, and, and made a shower out of that. Um, so there this was, this less is more thought came back, but it's more than less is more. Is that you just said you're happy?
1: Oh right, yeah. I mean I'm I'm happy living a a life much more similar to Armenians than Americans right now. Yeah. Well, it's to to be able to know that, and they're happy people, they're very happy people over there. They don't, um, they're not, they're not upset or they're not um, wanting for things. Uh, families, like I said, live, live eight or 10 in the family is not, uh, not unusual. You know, in a poor country, you would think there was to be homelessness. I never saw a homeless person sitting on a bench. Ever really? There. And it's a poor country. Now, that blew my mind. Here yeah. we get homeless people all over the place. Yeah, um, and there they take care of their own. Mm-hmm. I would think is a
0: right way to put it. Wow, wow! What and and as you just said, they're happy, um, happy intrinsically as opposed to with outside possessions. The new car smell wears off pretty fast. I'm yeah, proud,
1: uh, I don't think as I, I get older. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I mean, and I use that metaphorically, but um, so the mission of the Peace Corps to promote a better understanding of the Armenian people certainly happened for you, um, and. Uh, uh there's more than enough evidence that it happened uh in the opposite way. um practically speaking, Wayne, um if somebody was was to think about joining the peace corps, what what type of advice would you give them? The biggest advice
1: I would say is make sure you have no major commitments for the next two years or so
0: yeah.
1: uh apply early. I think that the, the people who get denied, there have been people as I follow them on Facebook. Other people who are questioning the process, you know, they try again and they get in. Um, but being prepared, I, I, I was, you can't. I don't know if you can prepare yourself. Um, for it, maybe now more t- today, you might be able to because you can apply for the country that you might want to be in, yeah, and sure. you get that country, so you right. probably there must be a reason why you pick a particular country. Right, I picked region because I was interested in traveling afterwards. I traveled. I only did a couple of vacations. I went to, yep. I wanted to see the the pyramids. And so I went to Egypt mm-hmm. and then I went to Turkey and, and visited there for a while, but I didn't do much,
0: as much traveling as I thought I was going to do. wasn't your traditional vacation, <laughs> right? I mean, this was exploring and Looking at other cultures, um, the typical age of somebody going to the Peace Corps—you mentioned you were on a, on the a high end by a long shot. It's mostly yeah. younger people. Yeah, it's mostly I would think kids getting out of college. Yep. Either not finding
1: uh, job opportunity. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or it might be that you know they did have a. Uh, a sense of mission and wanted to do things before they started their, yeah. their were a career, which is not it's a smart move to yeah. do something like that before you start
0: your career, because once you start your career, it's very difficult to, yeah. to yeah. break down. Yeah. I want to remind everybody, we are having a great conversation with Wayne Burt. This is Chapters Radio. My name's Jim Derrick. Uh, you can find us at chaptersradio.com, where our podcast is hosted. Wayne is talking to us about his experience with the Peace Corps, I wanted to ask you in terms of your relationships in Armenia that you left behind and, and maybe those relationships weren't left behind but the people you left behind what was it like extracting yourself emotionally uh, and reintegrating back here in the states having had all of these experiences you had
1: reintegrating was was interesting um, I don't recall um, I don't recall scanners in in so I had a hard time believe it or not, I had a hard time shopping here really uh it, it you wouldn't go down a store in in Ar- Armenia the whole the whole level be, the whole aisle being potato chips it would not happen but that happens here or, you can go down and see long rows of potato chips long rows of 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 soft drinks. cookies, cookies or, yeah. the row is it a just, whole
0: whole aisle two yeah. aisles dedicated to I mean, exactly
1: yeah. that, that didn't happen there and, so the abundance yeah. Abundance of what we have here, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And, um most of the hanuts, they call them hanuts, the stores um, were little small mom and pop shops. And if you got to this, the uh, the capital city of Yerevan, then there would be more of a um, small scale stop and shop type like westernized market. Yeah, yeah, um, but still, even going in there. Uh, I couldn't find peanut butter, for instance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was a that's an unknown product for the most part over there, mm-hmm. especially in the villages. And so, coming back here to a thing like that, and not not knowing how to scan, do a scan on know the credit card, yeah. sliding credit card thing, It's has to be it's very only,
0: disorienting. It,
1: it is. It was disorienting for probably about three months, and they they told you that that's going to happen. Really. When you come back, you're going to, it's going to be a disorienting, mm-hmm. and it definitely was. Mm-hmm. How hard was it for you to leave the kids behind? It was not as hard as I expected it might be, um, because they were they were older. They were on their own. They were out of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was, it, it was, and I knew, you know, we would be able to communicate through email and all that kind okay. of thing, so yeah. it was,
0: it wasn't as tough as it might have been had I had real younger kids. Yeah. 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 Were there other things that were kind of disorienting about coming back? Just that sense that you've been separated? I wonder what's been going on here. You mentioned your daughter, for instance, she had purchased a new home and moved into a new home. Hmm.
1: And that was one of the, the difficult things when being over there is is not being a part of being able to help rebuild. She built. She bought a house that needed a lot, a lot of renovations. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't part of that. Mm-hmm. That was disappointing, I think, to me. And my, when I got back, my oldest son, doing the same thing, built a house, and I was able to help in a s- small way. He's it's, it's in, it's in, in in Boston area, so it didn't have to go in there much. He did a lot of stuff himself, but at least I felt I could do it. If he needed help, I could be there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I wasn't able to. Be the unparticipate. Yeah,
0: people. yeah. So the world is spinning around with you on it. Uh, you're in. A, you're way overseas, and you come back, and this world here that you've called home for fifty, six, seven years of your life mm. uh, has gone on uh, without you in its physical presence. Right, right, right. And I mentioned to you, you, were certainly spiritually part of the community, and you were in touch often, and and um, I know others had sent things over to you. Wayne, um, I'm gonna take a bit of a risk, and I'm going to ask you, um, you, you became emotional uh, during uh, over talking about the playground and the baseball, and I'd just like to explore a little bit about, uh, with you about what, that, um, what is behind that emotion? What is the feeling behind that emotion? I think the, the feeling
1: of success
0: is really was, overwhel-
1: was what overwhelmed me. Not knowing that I had any impact at all, up until that point, they, I mean, yeah, certainly they like to, they are always after me for my computer and playing with games on the computer. And, but I didn't know if I felt I have a real impact uh, up until that point. And, then, and that's the only time, I think one of the only times I can, I not have to think harder if I try to fucking think of any other impacts right, other than right. you know i mean they obviously like anybody likes things for nothing you know say so you get a new playground that'd be nice you know um but it, that that um feeling of success when yeah. i go by and say look at there's, there's this small little thing but
0: it just meant it meant a lot to me i i could see why i can absolutely identify uh, with that, because I can imagine you're working, you know, 24 months. It's a lot of time to be around in the culture and to be teaching English, and you're wondering every day, uh, possibly, you know, is is this really making a difference? Exactly. Am I am I really making a difference? And then you see tangible proof um, that your mark has made a difference, mm. and and I get I totally understand that. That and I think that's such a powerful experience, and I so I appreciate you so much sharing that. Because I think it relates much more to, to much more than just the Peace Corps. We don't always know the impact we have on other people. Uh, we can volunteer for the Lions Club and do service work. We can volunteer at our churches. We can become Big Brothers to to needy needy kids. We can uh, be kind to another person uh, in their time of uh, grief. And w- sometimes you don't always see the direct impact that mm-hmm. you've made. Um, I somebody gave me this metaphor to think about this analogy it's almost like throwing a stone in a pond and the ripples go out from that stone and you don't always see them land on the shore um in this case you did Hmm. and and it really moved you because you said you know what this was worth that that made in those two examples those three examples you gave me that made my presence worthwhile yeah i think that i like that ripple effect that's that's a good analogy yeah yeah. yeah. And I know I know from no, knowing you that, um, you know, one other story I wanted to share or have you share was that uh, going to um, uh, Armenia once wasn't enough. You went back again and not surprisingly went back to serve uh, for a couple of days. Uh, and can you tell us a little bit about that and what that was like?
1: While I was there the first time, they have a there's a program similar to what we know as Habitat for Humanity. They had a program called Fuller House, and that Fuller House builds houses for for people who um, get selected to have one built. There be, uh, thousands of people need housing there, uh, and so I just scheduled my my return trip, and, and I told people I would come back. Yeah. Uh, when they asked. And enough people had said to me, and I felt, that I felt it genuine, and I didn't think it was just an uh, off-the-cuff remark from them. I felt it genuine that they would like me to come back. Of course. And, like And look, a lot of volunteers have gone back. Mm-hmm. I happened to go back at a scheduled at a time when I knew Fuller House was working yep. and,
0: and spent the day with them building a, a new house. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you mentioned to me that... Um, Unfortunately, this time back wasn't wasn't all it was cracked up to be.
1: It was much tougher because two years have gone by. My language skills, which weren't that great in the beginning, yeah, um, got even worse. And so yeah. conversations didn't didn't get into as much as you'd want them to. Sure. Be. You want to, you want to and I tell intelligence like a conversation like you and I are having right now. I would not be able to do an Armenian at that point. I barely did it. uh while you were immersed, so while in, I was it, yeah. immersed yeah. in it yeah it yeah and guys language is just more difficult obviously for someone older than the younger folks that learn a language have you kept in touch with your doctor friend absolutely we yeah. um we emailed quite a bit uh since then uh so you formed some lasting relationships as a result of this I talked about coming back here, as far as the grocery stores are concerned. The same kind of impact happened while I was there, uh, on the, in the reverse end. I went by a store that had a cow's head st- just sticking outside the store, and I couldn't couldn't figure out what that meant. They're just hanging outside the store this cow's head, and that is signified that it was a meat store. Now, somewhere. this
0: wasn't a taxidermied head.
1: No, no, it was just probably cut that okay. morning, maybe. <laughs> yeah. And I go by and 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 see that it's a meat market, and it's just a very common, uh, common occurrence. Bit of a jarring. uh, It was exactly a jarring, and I'll tell you another jarring. Yes, is very common over there, and that's funerals. They funerals are, wakes are held right in the person's house, and they advertise that by having the casket outside the door. Your casket cover. Outside the door, so that you know that that's where the that, funeral exactly. is, or that one's being held, yep. and you
0: might want to pay your yep. respects exactly interesting I mean. and what is the what's the predominant religion in the, in a christian in fact Armenia is the first
1: Christian country oh, in, world, in the world three
0: hundred year three hundred
1: something or other no kidding um yeah, they accepted the Christianity and it's and they're known
0: if you look it up as the first uh, Christian country mm-hmm. how did you adapt to the food and into and into and their yeah I assume that you're going to be there for an extended stay so you've got to uh kind of morph into their cultural make sure you're not offending them make sure that you've got their cultural norms uh under right. your hat but let's start out with food what was the food like food was not much different than now uh, I was used to mm-hmm. here and mm-hmm. um so um so you get back from that week um Week abroad, and it was a little bit of a deflating experience because you'd had this grand twenty-four. I can, I can almost imagine it's like going to, oh, a really cool resort for ten days, and then coming back for two days five years later and saying, "This isn't quite the way I remembered it. Um, it's not as as neat as I remembered it." Um, for different reasons, mm. but but I, I understand how that could happen. Um, do you have any other plans to go back or to have anyone over?
1: Well, I have had uh, one over. Um, one of my students. And, really? Um, yep. She was going to college there, was teaching her uh, in college over there, uh-huh. and she ended up coming here and going to college in New York for a year, I think she did, mm-hmm. Um while she was here, obviously we met up, um, yeah. Yeah. and we still communicate uh, quite often. Yeah, yeah. She's a, she's excellent.
0: She's now an English teacher, as yeah. a matter of fact. Yeah, over in Armenia. That's that's another impact um, that that I'm sure you had. Um, again, we've been speaking with Wayne Burt, who volunteered twenty-seven months of his life with the Peace Corps. Uh, in Armenia, and I, I want to tell you, Wayne, I really love the show because of people like you. I, um, I, the show was created basically because I felt that everybody had a story, and I was anxious to hear the stories. Um, I've really enjoyed hearing this experience from you firsthand. Um, I want to tell you that uh, I'm humbled by the fact that you did this. I, I know that you're a service person. Um, proud to know you. Um, I. Um, I think that if more people, we were talking a little bit about this, the mission of the Peace Corps before the show. And to me, we're really governed by two emotions, uh, and it's love and fear. And I think fear is, we have too much fear these days about uh, people that don't look like us, people that don't talk like us. There's a lot of debate around immigration policy. The whole mission of the Peace Corps is to help uh, neutralize that fear and help bring people together. And I can tell you, sitting across from Wayne, uh, has, has you can see the impact in his eyes. You can see the emo- You can hear the emotion in his voice. And he, as he said just earlier, which is an amazing thing, amazing statement. He lives an Armenian lifestyle as a result of this trip. Uh, so it made it a huge impact on you. So um, I'm just I I can't thank you enough for sharing this story with us. I appreciate
1: you having me. It's it's been fun, and uh, it's my job, actually. I'm supposed to be doing a lot more of this communication of the Peace Corps. And I have done a little bit, not as much as good they would like me good
0: well folks if you do want to volunteer for the Peace Corps um, I can give you uh, their web address is peacecorps.gov you can find them on the net Um, I know Wayne's an ambassador for them Um, if you'd like to know more about the Peace Corps Wayne is making himself available Um, he is an ambassador and particularly interested in speaking to people over 50 as that was his direct experience Uh, you can look up look him up on Facebook it is W-A-Y-N-E and his last name is B-U-R-T uh, he's a resident of Rentham, Massachusetts. He, is, uh, he will always make himself available. You, I guarantee you'll enjoy your conversation with him, and at the least you'll come away with a real understanding of the impact the Peace Corps can have on the world, and in Wayne's case, uh, the impact that the Peace Corps had on him. So for Wayne Burt, my name is Jim Derrick. I want to thank you very much for listening to Chapters.